Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 601, with Chris DeLander. There has to be a soul to a brand, no matter what it is. Restaurant, retail, a technology, um, it has to have a soul. And without that soul, then nobody knows why they're there. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. You got to check out Wisetail, a premier learning management system. Wisetail is a forward-thinking training and communication platform built to engage today's workforce. Wisetail is trusted because it grew up alongside some of the most recognized restaurants in the industry. This has helped them shape their product and its functionality through real-world feedback and rigorous testing. Wisetail can help you scale your training initiatives across all locations while empowering your employees to take control of their learning and their professional growth. To learn more, head over to www.wisetail.com slash unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. And if you use my links, you'll get your first three months free after signing up for a year contract. Again, that's wisetail.com slash unstoppable. I'm sure you've heard of Revel, but have you heard of the Revel Advantage? It is the payment processing solution that seamlessly integrates into your Revel point of sale and platform to create a complete system tailored to your business needs. Revel manages both your POS and your payments with integrated software, hardware, and credit card processing to save you time and money so you can focus on your business. Learn more at revelsystems.com slash unstoppable. Here is a statistic for you. 89% of all guests will research a restaurant online before dining out. So you've got to start thinking about how you can extend your in-house hospitality and attention to detail to the online world. Bento Box is a great place to start. They will develop a restaurant website that not only leaves lasting impressions with your guests, but also provides hospitality-focused tools that are proven to drive revenue online and guests into your restaurant. Sign up today at getbento.com slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. Get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chris Delander. Chris, are you feeling unstoppable today? Absolutely. Yes. Let's get this thing going. <laughs> All right. Chris Delander is a graduate of Texas Tech University with a degree in advertising. Previous to starting Snappy Salads, Delander served four years as a project manager for Forbes Group and eight years as the director of marketing for Romano's Macaroni Grill. In 2006, Delander opened Snappy Salads with the mission to make the world healthy healthier than the way he found it. 13 years later, Snappy Salads has scaled to 17 locations and growing throughout Austin, Houston, Dallas, and Fort Worth. And I did some research, like always, and I'm really excited because I know you have some great philosophy, some great values, and I'm just really excited to make an example of you. I uh, can't wait to dive into who you are and what you're all about, but let's, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Success quote. Sacrifice and persistence are the only two items that you need for success. Mm, dive into that. Why Sacrifice do you that? and persistence. Why do you need that? Well, 
you're on your own. If you are on a, in a restaurant or whatever, if you're trying to lose weight, if you are trying to be the best athlete or whatever, you have to realize that there's only two things you need for success, and that's sacrifice and persistence. Sacrifice because you're going to uh, not have as many friends or not as much time, or you're going to sacrifice something that other people see as what you need. And then persistence is you are going to go after it until you are successful. And persistence is, uh, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'm, I'm going to continue to work and work and work and look at my, you know, reflect on how I'm doing so that I can become what I want to be. Yeah. Again, if you want to be um, the greatest athlete, the greatest musician, the greatest restaurateur, the greatest president, the greatest whatever, that's what it's going to take. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I love the most about this, this industry, the restaurant industry. Uh, you can be successful if you're willing to sacrifice more and outwork the people standing beside you, right? Uh, which is awesome. It's a good thing. And it's also kind of a double-edged sword because because of that, the culture of the restaurant industry is working crazy hours, sacrificing personal life. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a good and a, and a bad thing, I think, which, but mostly a good thing, right? Uh, <laughs> you, well, you need balance. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't go so far that you don't have anything else at the end of the day, you know, when, when you are six feet under. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, so, so I'll say that is true with a family as well, sacrifice and persistence. And so, um, this, you know, I'm glad that this is a podcast cause you can't see the scratch of my nose from playing my 10 year old son in basketball, uh, <laughs> over the weekend. And he <laughs> reached in and got me. He beat me by the way, <laughs> 10, I'm older than 10 and taller than him. Uh, but, you know, there's that balance of uh, working to live and then living to work. And, um, you know, I, if, if you look at any successful person, uh, whether it be Phil Knight or uh, Bill Gates or whatever, there is that, that commitment to the, to the, the process. And, um, but there's also a commitment yeah. to... You know. And you bring up a really key point. You said working to live or living to work. And I think that's a secret. And what, I'm curious, before I make just an assumption, which side do you lean towards? The middle. The middle? <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, I, I hear that. And I, but also, like, the whole idea of, like, living to work. If you grow up or if you, if you live and you, and you come up with the intention to do a specific thing, the thing that you love, you have an edge over the, some people who work to live. Right, and it gives you that extra stamina to outwork and be persistent and sacrifice because you're doing the thing that you love to do, um, which is I think I do so the valid. things that I love to do, yeah. and I don't do the things I don't like to do. Awesome, and I love my family, and I love spending time with my family. I spend as much quality time with my family as I possibly can, but I also love the restaurant industry, and I spend as much time with the restaurant industry as I can. Your restaurant, and that's where I sacrifice. All of these other things of, you know, going out to see movies or I, I, I can't even think of anything because I don't really do them <laughs> anymore. <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, there's a balance. And, and I've committed to my family and I've committed to this restaurant and, and leaving this world healthier than the way we found it. And uh, so far, so good. Yeah, let's dive March in. 17th, by the way, is our uh, official 13th birthday. Congratulations. St. Patrick's Day. Right around the corner. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> That's a good time to celebrate. It's a green day if you think about it, right? <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah, it was great. So uh, we can talk about that later. For sure. So uh, let's let's get your story, your come up. You have an interesting way of getting here, right? Because uh, you kind of went to school for advertising. Like, what was, just dive into your, your story. What did you I'll, go to I'll back for? up. Yeah, yeah. I'm an Eagle Scout. That's right. And I say that as a uh, current thing because... The lessons I learned through scouting have 
served me well throughout my entire life. Um, I like telling this story because I think it helps uh, everybody understand kind of what um, what this company is about. We were hiking in the uh, woods in the mountains of New Mexico at a place called Philmont, and uh, I was just a kid. I you know didn't know what I was, where I was headed, and um, there was a guide who worked with you, walked with you, hiked with you, showed you. Uh, kept you from getting eaten by bears and really there are bears up there and there are mountain lions and things like that and uh, as a you know kid you look up to somebody who's just even four years five years older than this than what you are and um, he had a penny and he threw it into the fire and a big old long story I don't want to go into it today but uh, he made us go look for that penny the next day and we found all sorts of trash, all sorts of things that were not supposed to be in this pristine environment. And he said, hey, guys, look, of all the things that you're going to learn, you're going to have a great time. It's going to be so much, you know, it's going to be overwhelming. Just leave this place better than the way you found it. And he had this, you know, handful of trash and junk. You yeah. know? I like to joke that, you know, his kid's retainer was in there, too. But <laughs> um, and so for the next nine days and the next 90 miles of hiking through the woods and the wilderness, that stuck with me. And so um, as you progress through your life, there are just those little magical moments that you have that um, as I started thinking about what I wanted my business to uh, incorporate, it had to be kind of this all in, um, you know, personal philosophies and business philosophies. And that was one of the personal things that came yeah. out. So leave this world healthier than the way we found yeah, it. Yeah, and your, so. your, your, your business is an extension of your values, of your beliefs, of the way you want to see the world, right? And if you get super intentional and you really distill those things that are most important to you and you put the best of yourself into your businesses, the, the people that really take that time to be thoughtful about what they're trying to communicate are the ones that come out on top. Maybe and we're so, really cool too, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> and I, lo- I love that mentality of leaving the, the world better than when you found it. And I think if we all had that mentality, specifically in the restaurant industry, when I think about that, just the world, when, when you come into this world, are you adding value to the world? Are you, are you being a person of value and passing down what you specialize into the next generation and leaving them better off. I mean, we shouldn't be, we should be taking what our, our ancestors did, what they have figured out, what they have achieved and compound off of it and bring it to a certain point. And then, so the next generation can take it even further. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like we are coming into that. Mm. I coming back to that. Um, there are a lot of great things that we're doing. Um, I've got a pair of uh, Adidas shoes that are um, pulled from, uh, the plastics pulled from the sea, and uh, there's a kid that's from, I think he's from the UK, who's doing this um, uh, ocean cleanup. So I think we're starting to get to that, you know, kind of understanding that we have been out of balance with our environment and our nature. And so, but I kind of got us off track of where I started. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to, no, it's like, I don't mean to run this interview, but <laughs> no, I mean, this is what we're here to do. We're here to talk. Yeah. We're here to, to, to figure it out. So, uh, you, you have this great Eagle Scout experience. Um, is there anything worth diving into, uh, any experiences before talking about kind of your professional career? Well, my first restaurant job, I was a, a busser okay. at a restaurant called um, Peppers. Was this before or after digging through the ash of the fire? This was uh, about a year and a half afterwards, okay. yeah, once I turned 16. And um, uh, it might or might not have been a ripoff of another concept called Chili's. Okay. Yes, which was part of Brinker. Uh, anyway, so I started uh, working as a busser, and uh, I could tell it was kind of quiet around. And then I uh, went up to work one Friday night. It was about 5 o'clock. And uh, the front doors were locked. 
I said, that's kind of weird. And then I went around the back, and there was a chain on the door. Hmm. I went, oh, that's really weird. About two weeks later, it burned down just by chance. Whoops. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I, I kind of realized that the restaurant business was, you know, tenuous, right? That it, it's not an easy thing to, to be successful at. Uh, and so that was my first foray into, into restaurants. And then I uh, worked in college at a place called Houston's. Uh, Hillstone was great, great uh, organization. An amazing organization. Yes. I think it's worth some time reflecting on knowing what you know now, reflecting back at this organization and what they did right. What, what did they do right? You know, um, at the time, I didn't have a lot of discipline. I didn't have a lot of understanding of um, excellence, operational excellence, and they taught me that. And they continue that to, to this day. And um, of all the things that I want to bring to uh, Snappy Salads is this uh, real consistent operational excellence that they have, both in their um, how they serve their food, how that who who serves their food, what the restaurants look like, and it you know it's it's a very um, consistent operation, and um, it's it's enviable, quite how, honestly. How do they achieve that consistency, in your opinion? They don't. They don't give up on their standards, on their expectations. They don't budge on their standards and expectations. If you don't know the menu as a server coming in, if you can't memorize the items that are on the menu, then you don't work there. Mm. If you don't hold your food at the right temperature in the back and have your hands clean and do all those you know, food safety things, you don't work there. So they take that higher, slow, fire, fast mentality yes okay yeah. and and train and retrain and continually improve on what they are doing they're they're very specific about um you know when i was uh, i was actually a bartender and you have to have a, a very specific pen big click back black pen and you have to have at least four of them and you have to have your bank that has a you know can't be a 20 dollar bill and a 50 dollar bill it has to be um, you know, ten and five and ones, and and uh, it's it's they do a good job. But let's talk about me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's part yeah. of the, the 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 mission here is to, to to look at your life experiences. You've had a lots of influences, right? And we're yeah. we're here to to take that was good a great and one. to really find out how you got formed into into who you are today, and that's happening through your story right now. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. Yeah, though. It's, it's a great organization, and and would recommend anybody that has that wants that to work for them because you'll have a new appreciation for what they do. What about culture at this place? Uh, because to, to, to have so many restrictions, right? right? Standards are technically, I mean, they're, they're really important, but they're also very restrictive. Right. Uh, how did they maintain a high culture of creativity and happiness and individuality while also being so restrictive? Yeah. Um, I, I would say they probably have a harder time with that culture piece. Um, it's been a while since I've, I've worked there, but my We're going back in the nineties right now. Yeah, we are. We are <laughs> not to date you. Yeah, no, I'm old. Um, and yeah, you know, I was in college, so I don't know that I was looking for culture, nor was I, um, aware of it. So, um, I do know that they worked hard. They were, they had very regimented, um, you know, general managers and managers that mm-hmm. were working there. And, uh, again, it, you know, if you don't like it, then leave. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, leave. Yeah. So uh, you went to school at Texas Tech University. You majored in, in advertising. At this point in your life, well, how did you project your future to look like? What were you thinking your life was going to be? You know, I was thankful to uh, get my 
degree, that piece of paper from tech. I had actually started at UT. I made a 1.1 my first semester at UT, which is where I got my uh, Houston experience. I beat you by .08. <laughs> I took self-paced astronomy the first semester. What an idiot. I don't know, 1.18 <laughs> my first semester, so I'm not judging. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was, I was not headed. I was in a, uh, the finance um, section of, you know, the business section of, of UT, and then I realized over some kind of reflection that I was actually pretty creative. And that's where I went into advertising marketing. And I'd always had this uh, restaurant experience in my background. And um, having that diploma, I worked for a company um, right out of college that did a lot of uh, work for uh, Pizza Hut. Okay, the Forbes Group. Um, The Forbes Group. Okay. And uh, they also did Hardee's and they did a few others. And um, so... For one reason or another, I've always kind of been tied, anchored to the restaurant business and uh, just love it. So um, Forbes Group was a great experience. We um, grew like weeds. We were young. We were uh, working a lot of hours. You, you talk about the restaurant business, working a lot of hours. Advertising business is a lot of hours, mm-hmm. too. And um, to date myself a little bit more, I saw this ad in the uh, Sunday newspaper for a marketing position at Brinker International. And uh, my wife says, gives me a nudge and said, hey, we should fax in your resume. Fax, <laughs> fax in your resume. <laughs> so I faxed in my resume and I got a call that Monday uh, you know, afternoon. I had an interview Tuesday, an interview Wednesday afternoon, um, and then didn't hear anything on Thursday and got a job offer on Friday. Well, come to find out, there's a little, um, little. <laughs> I feel blessed and lucky sometimes. Um, the hiring manager was in labor on Friday, and so I think I was probably the only warm body that was available. <laughs> um, but it started a great career at Brinker, and Brinker was um, just phenomenal for me. I um, volunteered wherever I could. I was in the marketing department, but any time that somebody needed help with... Um, like they, you know, maybe I called myself the junior lawyer, but I helped out with uh, various legal trademarks and, and stuff like that. Um, purchasing came around because I was in the marketing department. We had to make sure that we had enough of the chicken that we were going to, you know, feature on TV. Um, we had the development group where we wanted to make sure that we had enough restaurants in a certain market in order to be media efficient. And, um, we went from paper gift certificates to gift cards. So I was part of the IT team or, you know, part of that implementation team. And, um, it really gave me a great foundation for opening my own restaurant. And as I look back, I go, Oh my goodness, if you don't have all these kind of, you know, master or, you know, Jack of all trades kind of mentality, you, you're, you might fail yes. because you really have to, know at least what questions to ask in order to get the right answers. Yeah, there's so many little details that that just happen behind the scenes to 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 be well-rounded and you were setting yourself up for success working in you mentioned trademarks and that you had that little bit of a lawyer to you uh in the advertising and the marketing and the technology that's in, involved with that. Uh I mean, you were there almost 20 years ago. Um so the world has changed a lot in regards to marketing and all this other stuff, but trademarks haven't trade haven't changed too much, have they? No. So can you drop any knowledge on us on things we should be considering when going to business, things like things that, that we should be checking, any boxes we should be checking in regards to trademarks and protecting ourselves? Well, um, intellectual property is just about all that we have in this business. The 
name, the logo, the, you know, the recipes can be stolen mm-hmm. and used and it, they can't be trademarked. They can't be um, legally uh, separated from a restaurant because making refried beans is kind of a standard thing <laughs> wherever you are. Um, and so the first thing I did actually was um, went out to register Snappy Salads and then I've uh, since then registered different trademarks, uh, you know, different slogans and a few of our uh, featured I- or our uh, menu items uh, because I want to make sure that I kind of claim our fame within a bigger audience. Uh, you still have to execute every single day against those menu items or that name, but if you don't have it trademarked, then you are, you, you just might find out that your name is something else somewhere else and you'll have a big, ugly legal battle later on. Yeah, I, I hear that, and I'm kind of guilty of it. I gotta be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how much does it cost? What, what, what kind of money should we put aside to uh, trademark our brand? It, well, it's everybody knows a lawyer. It's not that much, and uh, you What's could actually not that much. Well, I think the last time that we we just renewed it, I think it was fifteen hundred dollars. Okay for renewal um depends on how uh unique your name is and how uh, and what industry you're using it in so we had a difficult time with uh snappy because there's snappy tools there's snappy snap-on tools there's all these other things we recently had another uh company that's in the retail business that i won't mention that we got into a little bickering with because of their name and they're selling salads and um have snap in the name and so um you know if it if you can use a name that is spelled differently that is not a normal word in the industry then you're better off i mean you you can read any book on it like kodak right i mean that's kind of the the perfect example of creating a name that has no meaning but you can attach meaning to it inventing and can a word. trademark yeah inventing a word <laughs> yeah. exactly right got you yeah. awesome uh, so any other key lessons uh, during your time at Brinker uh, at Forbes Group any key things that really changed you that influenced your success in opening your own business you know the as much as I learned what to do I also learned what not to do Ooh. And at Macaroni Grill, we, when I started, there were 75 restaurants. We grew to 210. We started franchising. We were international. And we were a unique dining proposition in the marketplace. And at one point, the leadership team decided that they wanted to be more like another concept and not true to themselves. So when that decision was made that's when the slippery slope started getting really slick (laughs) and it started going downhill because there has to be a soul to a brand, no matter what it is, restaurant, retail, whatever, a technology, um, it has to have a soul. And without that soul, then nobody knows why they're there. They don't know. They, so if they don't know why they're there, then it's just a job. And if mm-hmm. it's just a job, then there's another one down the street that they can pay a dollar more for or whatever. So we, you know, <clears throat> little known fact of um, Macaroni Grill is uh, they had, I don't know if, I haven't been there in a while, but they used to have mix and match silverware. Do you know why they had that? No. 
Because in an Italian family, there's a lot of <laughs> family members, yeah. right? And there's nobody that has enough silverware, utensils, to take care of a family dinner. So they all brought their own silverware to, or utensils to the family dinner. I love to it. To those celebrations. Yeah. And um, so it's silly, but that's truth. That's, that's the soul. And so at one point, it was decided that all the silverware should match. Because that's what all the other restaurants do. Mm. We had fresh gladiolas all the way down the line. It was great. Now, it didn't add anything to the, um, like, you you know, it's fresh gladiolas. You go, well, it, it's not adding sales. Well, but it does because when I walk by, I can pick off one of those and put it in my lapel. Or I can, a manager can give it to me for a celebration birthday or anniversary or whatever. And it's just a freshness cue that over time, each pot, I think, uh, I could be misspeaking here, and, and certainly I, I, with all due respect to uh, Brinker and all the great things that they do, um, they took out a pot for a million dollars. It cost one $1 million to fill that pot every single year. And so over time, they pulled out all the real gladiolas and replaced them with fake. So again, I haven't been there in a while, yeah. and, and I, uh, had a, I have a lot of great friends from Macaroni Grill, and um, I'm. Uh, I don't want to mis. I hear like, you. Misrepresent who they are and what they are, but um, to me, if if you pull the soul out of that brand, if that out of that company, then uh, you're going to have some tough yeah. sledding to do. You know, I think uh, there was a 30 year period through the 80s into the early 2000s where we started to figure out systems, processes, procedures, protocols, the bottom line, and consultants, people started teaching and the successful brands could afford to get afford to go to these companies and get the consultation. And over time there was a, a, a drift, right? We, we drifted towards a way of making it about the bottom line. And that's what made us successful, right? Uh, consistency and all these things. And, but we drifted so far away from soul. And now I think people are, there, there's a void of soul and, entrepreneurs are seeing that that's an opportunity that hey if, if we make it more real more genuine more authentic there's a starvation for this and we can become we can become more successful by focusing on the more uh intangible aspects right. of right. the industry yeah make no mistake you have to make a profit yeah otherwise you have no soul <laughs> but, but I, think, I think again it but, comes down to balance like everything in life right, right? we're talking about balance with I don't know if it was before the interview chat or during the interview, but balanced with like lifestyle. Uh, maybe it was during, it was the very beginning. We started talking about it, right. With the work life balance and all that stuff. But, yes. Uh, but also balance between uh, systems, processes, procedures and culture. Right. Yeah. The, when the accountants take over and that's why I love my CFO right now. Um, he, he's not typical cause he, he talks about sales and he knows that sales is what cures all of those other things. And most CFOs that I've come across are simply worried about those pennies that end up at the bottom. And uh, that is a job function of theirs, but it is more about uh, teaching what business is about, and that's, that's sales. Mm-hmm. And um, when I first opened March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, um, I, that's all I did. Shake, t- shook hands and, and I almost said shook babies, <laughs> kissed babies and, uh, you know, shook hands and, and made friends in the neighborhood. And 
that led to sales. And then eventually I caught up to paying my rent and paying, you know, paying electricity and all those kind of things. But had I not grown sales as, as my first priority, then I would have never, I would, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. So let's dive into the picture of where you were, uh, a few years, I think 2002, 2001, 2000, early 2000s. What was going on in your life? Where were you? Paint yeah. That picture. Uh, the great thing about Brinker at the time is we had multiple concepts part of, as part of Brinker. Chili's, Macaroni Grill, On the Border, Maggiano's, uh, Corner Bakery, Eatsy's was, you know, kind of a joint venture project, uh, and a few others that I'm think, not thinking of, Cozy Mills. And I had a comp card where I could go to any of those restaurants and eat free. I couldn't drink for free, but I could eat for free. And my wife and I didn't have kids yet. And so I ate lunch out at a Brinker concept, sometimes breakfast. And then I would go home and I'd say, what do you want to do for dinner? And it was just the two of us. And we said, well, let's go to whatever. And we ate not only, you know, an entree, but we ate the appetizer, the entree, and then dessert because we had to, (laughs) we had to check off all those things on that little slip of paper. And I found myself just overweight. Yeah, your clothes were shrinking. Un, uh, yeah, I mean, just miserable. My you know stomach's moving, and um, you know I just looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I don't want to be that guy, right? I don't want to be that middle-aged, overweight white guy. And um, I I knew I couldn't do anything about being middle-aged or being white, and so <laughs> but I knew I could do something about being overweight. So I started seeking out um, places where we're. You know, salads just come up, right? That's the nutritious, that's the healthy thing to do. And everywhere I went, those salads just left me wanting more. Like they didn't have anything in them or they weren't quality or they weren't made the way I, they had too much stuff in it. And I didn't want all that stuff in there. And I saw this little place called Chipotle. I don't know if you ever heard of that place coming up. Yeah. Coming up. Um, out of the woodwork and I thought well that's a pretty interesting business model you know and as I put my head on my pillow each night I couldn't go to sleep because I had this I was like I need to do something like this I'm in the restaurant industry there's no reason why I can't do this and it got to a point where I was so blurry eyed in the morning my wife said you you gotta just go go do it and so I left Brinker and started working on this uh, concept, <clears throat> and it it was tough. Uh, I mean, let's let's put a, a stop right there because okay. we got to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Your job as a restaurant owner or manager is to paint a picture of the job done right and to empower your employees with the tools and knowledge they need to excel. This is why you need to check out Wisetail, a premier learning management system trusted by our industry's most recognized names. With Wisetail, quickly scale your training initiatives across all locations, empower your employees to take control of their own learning and professional growth, foster communication and engagement through their integration training and communication tools and ensure long-term scalable success with the help of their best in breed client experience team. They'll take you from goal setting and implementation to ongoing strategy and best practices training to make sure you maximize your ongoing investment in your training and your programs. And if you use my links, you'll get your first three months free after signing up for a year contract. 
Again, that's wisetail.com slash unstoppable. Or find the banner in the show notes. All right, we're back, and you were just getting into... Uh, and you lead- cut me off. Yeah, I did. Sponsors. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love them. Right? We, we need them. We need them. They, yes, they, we they do. keep the gas in the tank of the card so I can get here. Uh, thank you, sponsors. Thank so, you, sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, we have the... I'm a part of the Greater Dallas Restaurant Association, and uh, we have sponsors as well, and I don't know that we appreciate them as much as we should because they put a lot of money into the organization, and uh, they do a lot of great things for us. So that money does a lot of great things for us. So money, yeah. money is what makes the world go around. And might as well so. use this opportunity to say, if you are listening to my ads and you do choose to use any of these tools and services, please use my links because it shows that my ad space has value. That being said, let's move into <laughs> your yeah. story again. Uh, you were just telling us how you left Brinker. And uh, yeah, take it from there. Yeah. All right. So I was looking for healthy items, uh, nutritious items. I had um, realized that I had more money than time. And that's where the name came in, Snappy and Salads. And so it was even better because when you S-N-A-P-P-Y is six letters and then Salads is also six letters. So Balance. um, Balance. Oh, my gosh. I never thought about that. But, yes, it's uh, (laughs) uh, Romano's Macaroni Grill never had any balance to it. It was always asymmetrical. And so asymmetrical, is that the right? Dissymmetrical. Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Symmetrical is balance. Yes. Asymmetrical is not balance. Yes, there you go. So it was asymmetrical and we always had a tough time. But anyway, um, and so Chipotle was coming onto the scene. I was looking for nutritious uh, meals um, and as I started putting my business plan together and sharing it with people, they would look at me cross-eyed because this is Dallas. We eat steaks, potatoes. We're not a, we're a beef loving city. And you know, you'd think I had three heads sometimes when I was trying to get a business loan, a real estate guy to talk to me, girl, um, distribution channels, and, um, what, you know, I, I tell them we're selling salads. We're focusing on that. We're, we're going to be just, you know, going to be the best ever at serving salads. And then when you throw on top of that, we're going to leave this world healthier than the way we found it with biodegradable cups and container, or, you know, like utensils. way ahead of the curve yeah, at this point. Paper straws. Four we're talking about. Yeah. Like this stuff is trending now. 16 years later, 15 or 13 years later. Uh, so you're really thinking progressive. You're, you're taking these values that were instilled with you as an Eagle scout. Uh, and you're saying, Hey, like we're going to, we're going to do what's right. Not necessarily what's easy. Yeah. And not many people got it. Um, so I had to beg borrow. I had to beg for 15 minutes to get the first 2000 square feet in the restaurant. Um, I could not get credit anywhere with my distributors, um, you know, I, I, again, I would tell them that I was going to, you know, be hyper focused on selling salads, but I also wanted these corn cups and they would shut their book and shake my hand. Thank you very much. Uh, good luck. And so Benny Keith, our distributor to this day was the only one that raised their hand and said, Hey, we get it. We're, we want to partner with you. And they've been unbelievable partners for us, um, for these last 13 years. And, um, so I, I guess it comes back to why I say sacrifice and persistence are the only two requirements of success because without that persistence, you would, I would have never gotten the 15 minutes with my real estate you know, broker. I would have never gotten 
a deal with a distributor. I would have never gotten a loan with, you know, a bank. So, um, it's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, going through all those experiences of being turned away, being, uh, said no to, what, what were you, were you adapting? Were you listening? Were you changing anything to, to get the yes? Or were you just saying, well, this is how I'm going to do it. And I'll keep on going until somebody says yes. Um, you know, I, I think every time you, you hear no, you, you have to reflect on why they said no, and then you modify your pitch. And maybe that's where my marketing comes in. But I didn't ever, I didn't ever um, bend on my values or my abilities to, or my thoughts about what I wanted to create. So um, I guess the pitch is different, but the, the intent was always the same. I don't know if I did a good job of explaining that, but um, you know, I, I got corn cups, cups made of corn from day one. So you, you, you keep know. what you want to do the same, but you say it in a way that makes sense to them. Makes sense yeah. Them. Yeah. You convert makes, it into, so they like to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you can get it to a point where they go, Oh, that was, that was my idea. That's then you're, then you're golden. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so what else were you doing? I mean, I picked up on a couple of things I'm curious about that I think would lead, like you mentioned earlier that you, you were bringing salads to Dallas in a time where it was all about meat and carbs and, you know, your proteins and your starches. Right. Um, so you were definitely unique. You had that unique selling proposition. Uh, and I think, I think that's really the way to go. Look at a market and, and fill the void. Right. Um, how do we, I mean, it's, it's a gamble every time we do it, but how do you like, uh, what's the word? I guess, how do you weigh the risk of that gamble? How do you know it's going to work or not going to work? I mean, you don't naivety. (laughs) (laughs) You got to be really naive about, uh, your success, you have to have a, a optimism that transcends everything. Really, yeah. um, the it's funny how much how many words you can use to describe something, and and it's so clear in your mind of what it's going to be. But when you present it to somebody who has no vision, who has a rearview mirror type of profile and they 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 just can't get it so once i opened up the doors oh my gosh this is the greatest thing but it's getting those doors open it's hurting all those cats together and really just sticking to it um sticking to the vision that a lot of people just i've noticed over the years uh just can't do it like i had a a gentleman come to me and he had a, a you know binders two or three binders full, you know, like two inch binders, six inches of paper. Because I've got this idea for this business. I want you to review it with me. I said, how long have you been working on it? Oh, about eight years. Dude, give it up. Go back to your, you know, you, you just, the, the, the juxtaposition of the decision to do it or not do it, it's, it's as easy and as hard as possible. I mean, it's on both ends, right? Mm-hmm. It's the easiest decision to make. It's the hardest decision to make. It's either yes or no. Yeah. I'm going to do this or not. So what else? I mean, maybe do you think the culture formed over time or did you have the culture you had to the, the intentionality behind your culture then as you do now, or is that something that kind of evolved in you as you grew as a professional, as an owner, as an entrepreneur, researching, learning, reading, has that evolved over time or did you have that same level of, uh, 
focus on culture, focus on uh, your people then as you do now? Um, always, it's, it's intentional. If it's not intentional, then it will take another route. I mean, <laughs> or, you know, it, you, you, I've learned that you have to be um, very vocal in creating culture. And the culture does not happen overnight. It takes a real consistent message. And, um, you know, at 13 years, I I would love to say that we are 100% in on our culture with every single team members. But I know that that's not the the truth. Um, But we're going to keep on trying to create this um, healthy environment. And and so we have benefits that a lot of uh, other companies aren't providing their team members and I'm real proud of those things. So, you know, pay, pay advance. You know, if somebody can't make rent or have to make a car payment, um, then we're gonna, we're, we'll be happy to help them out. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to find that from some other larger companies that just can't do that. Mm-hmm. It seems so simple, but, uh, you know, we, we, we employ a workforce that doesn't make a lot of money. And costs keep on going up. And we... we None of our team members make minimum wage. Um, we pay much more than that. And, um, but still, you, you have to help them in ways that are not just by giving them a job, but giving them um, you know, life and help and help and you know, brothers and purpose. Yeah. Right. That's and exactly on right. On that note, uh, you have been quoted to say that you believe a, a business should be more than a paycheck. It should serve a purpose. So what is the, I mean, other than healthy living, what is the purpose that you are trying to create in snappy salads? Well, I believe that it's, yes, profit is, if you don't have profit, then you don't have a business. It's the fuel to your engine. Yes, that's right. Um, so the purpose of us is making a difference. And we do that in so many ways. It's really easy to see that we are serving healthier, better for you, nutritious food for our guests. Um, we also give hundred percent free food to our team members who haven't necessarily been eating salads their entire life. Um, we're trying to take care of the environment or leave it in a, you know, lower our carbon footprint. And so this table that you're sitting at is made from wood that was, um, used in the, um, Fort Worth distribution center of, uh, Schlitz beer and built in the 1930s. So it's probably 350 years old. Wow. And so each one of the restaurants have that story, but the other part of it, so that that's kind of a one time, but you know, our, our, we have bottled filtered rainwater. Hmm. Who has that? I don't know of anybody. <laughs> no. Bottled, filtered rainwater out of Buda, Texas, just south of here. And it's the most environmentally friendly water, bottled water. It's, so, and it's local, so there's no carbon footprint getting it here. You know? Yes, that's right. It's not coming from Fiji there, or from yeah, France there, or from wherever in the world that we think we need to ship water in. It's water. There is somebody out of California right now. Uh, he, he was a past guest on the show, and forgive me, I've done over 600 interviews now. Uh, but he's working on developing a movement on how to. He's teaching people how to have zero carbon footprint or zero or neutral car- carbon footprint restaurants. Uh, zero may never happen, but no. at least neutral. So you're not going in one direction, right? We should Bad all direction. go there, yeah. And and it shouldn't be regulated. We should, as a industry, 
man, oh man, I can get off on a, we might need another hour, but as an industry, (laughs) you know, I think self-regulation is really, if we don't self-regulate, then it will be regulated for us. That has been proven. And so if we are required not to give a receipt, a paper receipt out of California or have to pay a certain wage rate up in Seattle because it's kind of going. But anyway, um, if we have to do these things because it's mandated by Congress, then we'll quit, quit complaining. Quit, quit, you know, let's do it because it's the right thing to do for our business, for our guests, for our team members, and not make it this us against them, us against oh, the man, government. You Let's, are singing, I'm squirming so. in my tree, my seat right now. <laughs> because, uh, I mean, going through a lot of self-reflection lately, trying to figure out, like, why does Restaurant Unstoppable exist? And you are diving into something right now that is rings so true to my, my purpose, my meaning. And that is... Uh, we need to communicate. We need to be we in the industry. We need to, we need to self-regulate. Right. And how are we going to self-regulate? By communicating, by sharing knowledge, by, by coming together on one platform and saying, it's not about me versus you. It's about this is my perspective. This is my uh, comprehension of how things are right now. How does it match up against what you believe? And then over time, if you, if you get those successful people who are doing well, you're going to see trends. You're going to see patterns. And we can look to these successful people and get on the same freaking page, right? right. And like you said, it'd be... Because it's the right thing to do. We need to share this knowledge, but we also need to, we don't know what the right thing is half the time because we don't have access to these values and these people who are doing it the right way. And there are a lot of great people out there yep. in the restaurant industry trying really hard and doing the right thing. Um, and I, I would just say to those who are not conscious of what they're doing to the environment, um, can you do better? Little things, just, just start. Just get that little pebble going down the hill, and you'll be amazed at how easy it is to continue that pebble and make it into a start. Yeah, just just start. And really, can't we do better? I don't know if you know this. I'm the president of the United States. I just haven't been nominated yet. Nominated, or (laughs) we just haven't figured it out. Yeah, haven't been elected yet. But (laughs) I, I I really do feel like the mantra for America should be: um, Can we do better? Can't we do better? And I think the answer is yes. Absolutely. I mean, we're so smart. We have, we're, we're so industrious. We're so open-minded is a, a, yeah. a, I mean, some people would say otherwise, but diverse, right? Yes. Yeah. And you know, and I look at how, um, charitable we are as well. And, and so all these great things are going on in our country. And, um, when we talk about, or when we complain about the way it is, then why don't we just, say why can't we make it better let's work to make it better not just continue what we've been doing in the past you know gandhi said it right be the change you want to see in the be world the change, yeah. maybe an overused quote but pretty awesome one uh, yeah well <laughs> so, so i you know in your notes you say well maybe we're not there yet but i do have three three very i, I think you'll the like the last my, question of the speed round yes yeah, yeah exactly let's, let, yeah. let's uh, pocket those for later. yeah sorry <laughs> it's all good don't need to get ahead of myself <laughs> it's there. awesome uh so we haven't really tapped into scaling yet because you have 17 locations throughout Texas. What was it like? How did you set yourself up? What were the things you were thinking about to scale, to replicate what you, what you created here? You know, um, to me, the most important person in this restaurant business is a restaurant leader. We call them restaurant leaders, not general managers. Managers, to me, are the people who have a checklist and they do the checklist. They walk in, walk out. 
um, and that's it. So we look for leaders. We look for people who have a vision for success, and then they implement that vision through their people and through coaching and mentoring and all those kind of things. So um, going back to that intentional, um, it sounds so silly sometimes having a title difference, but the reality is if, if you don't have leaders in your organization, you are never going to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. So um, we are always looking for people who have a, uh, an ability to talk to people, who can motivate people, who can, um, but then at the same time do the things that they need to do in order to run a successful restaurant. Is the restaurant, is the you know, floor clean, is the food ordered, is the schedule made, those kind of things. Gotcha. Did that answer your question? I'm yeah, sure. I we're, ta- off we're of- just talking. Well, yeah, I mean, scaling. Um, you said the question was, how did you do scaling? Oh, you leadership. Basically, yeah. you hire leaders. You you're hire right. people uh, that you're basically re- replacing yourself with other leaders because you yes. can't do it all yourself. And it's not just in the restaurant. We um, we brought on um, a training manager, and she has single handedly changed the uh, programs to the. I mean, she she has been a force for us. When did you bring and her on? What point? About a year and a half ago. How many restaurants were you at at that time? Uh, we were oh, uh, testing my memory. Um, a year <laughs> and a half. So now. yeah, so I think we we're about thirteen, twelve okay, or thirteen, so. and we had a training manager before. Okay, and I guess that's kind of where I was headed. Is we had a training manager before. When did you bring that training manager on? Um, she was on probably about two years before that. Okay. So and where were you at? We always need years. training. We so always need training. Where were you three years ago? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. You'd have to do a fact check <laughs> well, on let's me. Let's say eight. Less. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's say eight. And uh, she was fine and she was good. But um, our... And I don't want anybody to go steal her. But, um, <laughs> so we brought in April. And April has um, really been a game changer for us. And... Um, and, and so we, we look for game changers, leaders. And, and so, again, not just at the restaurant level, but in the support team level as well. So dive into the specifics about how she changed her game or your game. How can we replicate in our businesses? Was it Angela? April. April. Sorry. I'm never using last that. names either. <laughs> no. uh, how did, what things did April do that, that brought your game up from the previous well, let me, situation? Let me just say... The team that we have now is a cohesive unit, and um, it's been the, the way that we got there is by transparency, and so it transcends whether you're managing a restaurant or a, a training program. Or so, at one point, um, I said, "We we can't make decisions." as a executive team, we need to make them as a support team. And so we've had these meetings and these open dialogue and this, you know, banter back and forth of not always, you know, agreeing. Right. Um, and not always, um, well, just always looking at every single option that we have in order to make a decision as a group. Because when we walk out of that, out of that room, we are a unified force on what we are going to do. And all so pulling in the same direction. We're all pulling in the same direction. So um, April's been great because she has been uh, very consistent about getting very uh, detailed training materials out. Um, our catering group has, you know, 
reformatted our catering items and and so you know it's it's really a collective effort and everybody's involved in it so I, um i i just want to make sure that it takes a it truly takes a team to make this thing work it's not individuals it's it's connected so did april take that approach and, and say we need to be on the same page with making these decisions or i i guess i'm not understanding fully what april or what her contribution well, was yeah so um she boiled down the the missing items she she narrowed the missing items the things that we needed the core values that core items that we were missing in our training program and said i'm going to take care of these and we're going to make them and so she didn't do them in a vacuum she used our area directors our general man our you know unit leaders um our culinary managers everybody to make those training materials effective got you so um so we're at 50 minutes of recording time like it goes by so fast it does when Uh, you're having so much fun right so anything that you were hoping we would discuss anything that you think you can bring to this conversation to make myself and our listeners better um you know i i think it comes back to um the comment about can't we do better as an industry and as a as a country and as a world you know, we are all one. That's one of my last things is we are all one. We all have the same fears. We all have the same needs. Um, we want to put our heads on the pillow at night and know that we're safe and that we've provided for our family and that our, um, you know, a hard days, uh, an honest day's work is truly a, something to be proud of. Right. And that, um, we, we, we got to celebrate all of those people who work and and contribute to this society, to this great thing, and and um, so we are all one. That would be my first, so, the, my last. I want to go deeper first and on last. that, okay? Because I agree that we have to have this mentality of when you think me versus you, there is a divide. You throw a wedge, and that we go, we grow apart, and that's when you know bad things happen, right? Right. Right. Uh, what can we do? To start thinking differently, to start thinking as one instead of as me versus you. Reflect. I think if you are able to look at what you said, what you did, um, and reflect on who you are as a person and who you want to be, then we can get there. I think we have domesticated ourselves to a point that we don't really know, whether it be through school or through religion or through whatever um, you know, societal efforts. We, we all do the same thing thinking that we're doing it right. But if we really kind of pull back from all of those things that my parents told me or my friends told me that I had to do or the, you know, pastors or whatever, and I really think about who I am and who I want to be as a person, I think we can get there. But if we continue to use social media to tell us what we should do, if we continue to tell, let the news media tell us what we should do, what we should worry about. What companies the, selling things to us, telling us we need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we, uh, capitalism is great. It has brought more people out of poverty than any other government type or, or religion or whatever. And so I, I truly believe that we have especially here in the United States, an ability to better ourselves if we have sacrifice and if we have persistence. So there's no opportunity that doesn't still exist here in the United States. Yeah. Not necessarily in other countries, but um, 
I want to compound on that, if I may. Uh, so, I agree with you that <laughs> with everything you just said, uh, I think something else that will help us become one and think as we instead of me versus you is just the, just being open-minded. If you think about it, we live in a time today where the world has never been smaller. Where there are so many different opinions and cultures and beliefs and religions and you name it emerging like clashing into one another and we all can access everything think about 500 years ago we our scope of what the world was was very restricted to how far we could walk you know what i'm saying right or how far we could ride a horse uh now or maybe a ship you know but even then that was the most extreme and even then you couldn't see it all but today we can see it all we can get all these different philosophies opinions and everything you as one person will never know it all you will never know it all. There's right. more information, more knowledge than you will ever be able to absorb in your lifetime. So you have to be open-minded. Do not be closed-minded because you cannot make an opinion because what you think you know, you'll find something out later on that will completely alter your... I mean, you can't make opinions, but be open-minded to other opinions, I guess is what I'm saying. Minded. Yeah. Right? I mean, just thinking beyond yourself, mm-hmm. right? Thinking of how that person reacts... What that, why that person's doing that thing. Um, you know, I think the greatest gift that God ever gave us, gave us was relativity. Mm-hmm. Um, without the bad days, how do you know the good days? Without the stubborn people, how do you know the, you know, the, the people with gifts in their hearts? Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, um, if you accept the fact that we have different personalities, different needs, different, then we don't need, we don't need to fight about it. Mm. We, we don't really need to get up in arms and, and <laughs> I feel like I'm standing on an altar right now preaching. Yeah, I know I do too. <laughs> but you know, it's good stuff, man. It's really good stuff. And uh, I'm a tenor re- by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I've really enjoyed today's conversation. Uh, I'm going to start asking all my guests this question. Uh, the mission statement of restaurant unstoppable is to inspire, empower and transform the industry. How have you transformed over these past 15, 16 years of being in the industry? You know, I was an idiot about 15, 16 years ago, because <laughs> I wasn't open-minded. I wasn't thinking. I wasn't reflecting. I was, um, you know, just out for myself. And um, it's all about people. In the end, the restaurant industry is all about people. I talked about recipes, and, you know, the recipes are on the Internet. It's not like you can't find how to make a sous vide, whatever. Um, and so it's about people. And if you can't... Uh, relate to their struggles, to their wants, to their needs, um, to their joys. You can't reward and recognize them and train them and help them um, and be part of their lives, then you're not going to be very good at this restaurant industry, nor 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 really life. In, in life. Yeah. yeah. So. Love it. Yeah. Great stuff, Chris. We're going to take a quick, a quick break to thank our sponsors one more time. We'll be right back. So Revel Systems is a complete POS built to help grow your expanding business. I stand by Revel, and I can tell you why it's so great, but I'd rather get my man Colton Schultz, who's with Grand Junction Subs in the Craft Cave, to tell you why he loves Revel. We have been working with Revel for several years, who has partnered with us to streamline our operations. We have implemented delivery management, employee management, sales reporting, kitchen display screens, and so much more. We also utilize mobile order takers and kitchen display systems that are extremely customizable. Nice. So if there's just one thing that you love the most about Revel Systems, what would it be? It's definitely their vast reporting abilities on the back end. We utilize a lot of the reports such as speed of service, taxes, sales reports, labor reports. It's all there to help you run your business. 
Beautiful. Guys, and if you're listening to this, Revel works with businesses that are looking to implement cutting-edge technology that helps increase revenue, improve efficiencies, and enhance experience of their employees and their customers. To learn more, head over to revelsystems.com slash unstoppable. So this probably does not come as a surprise to you, but as you can imagine, I look at a lot of restaurant websites because I'm constantly researching my next guest, successful restaurateurs, and you'd be surprised how many of those people have bento box websites. I mean, I almost know instantly when looking at these websites because they're always so stunning and they always check every box, everything that a good restaurant website should have. These websites have them, and it's because they're going to Bento Box to get the work done. And not only will Bento Box leave a lasting impression with your guests, but Bento Box websites come with hospitality-focused tools that are proven to drive revenue online. With Bento Box, you can easily update menus, promote events, share press, sell gift cards, take catering orders, and book private events directly from your website. Bento Box puts you in control so you can focus on what matters most, your restaurant. Bring your restaurant hospitality online with bento box by signing up today at getbento.com slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. We're back, and the first question I have for you is what is your it factor? A habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Leadership. What is your biggest weakness? Being too humble. Mm, yeah, that, how, how are you dealing with that? Well, honestly... When I look out there into the news, uh, the media, the, uh, ne- the nation's restaurant news and fast casual and QSR and that kind of thing, and I see all these other concepts out there that are being beating their chest, and I think, well, why can't I do that? And yeah. I, I have a real hard time doing that. I'm I just want to back the layers on this because this is something I struggle with too. People are always like, "Why aren't you talking to that? I'm like, "Ah, you know, who am I?" You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, you got to be your own champion sometimes. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's it's hard. What is one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process? It's going to be a redundant theme here. Leadership. What is one big challenge you're dealing with today? Um, I, it's uh, people finding um, enough people to work in the restaurants because the economy is good and everybody has a job that wants a job. And um, so it's, it's tough finding people. How right are you now. dealing with that? What are you doing to adapt? Well, um, that kind of goes back to the humble thing of kind of promoting what we are doing well and what we're doing right and what we're doing for our team members. And um, uh, we're, we have a very, um, yeah, we, we could do better at that. So um, sharing with other I think people get jaded in the restaurant industry because they're not treated well. And then when they come over here, they're like, no, 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 that can't be true. Wait a minute. Hold on. You're only going to work 45 hours a week as a restaurant leader. No, no, no. I work 60, 65 hours. No, no, really. Wait a minute. Hold on. You're only open from 11 o'clock to nine o'clock Monday through, you know, Saturday and until eight o'clock on Sunday. You mean I don't have to work late hours at, at slopping up, you know, bar, you know, at the end of three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You mean I don't have to get up at 4 o'clock to make the donuts? No. No, this is a pretty easy gig. You should come check it out. Awesome. What is one code of conduct you uh, teach your team? We have one rule, and that's to do the right thing sincerely and automatically, regardless of the situation. To do it, to do it with your heart. To do, it, to do the right thing sincerely and automatically, regardless of the situation. That's our one rule. I love it. And what is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? So this is something that's common within your four walls, not common within the industry. And you are a fast, casual concept. So I'm really interested to see how you step up your service game. It's, it's really the secret sauce. But our 
our mission uh, inside the stores is to make our guest dining experience so good that they want to come back again tomorrow. So how do you make it so good? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everything, right? Yeah. You have a clean restaurant. You have great um, smiling team members like these right here. We have great food. Team members we, are literally smiling yes. as we look there over you go. Chris's and, right shoulder. <laughs> and uh, when we make it snappy and we, you know, so all of those things together, every guest has a different need. And so if we can make their guest dining experience so good that they want to come back tomorrow, then we're going to be open the next day and the next day and the next day. Awesome. Oh, what I is- stole that, by the way. <laughs> There's a, uh, um, I think it's Nordstrom that has the two rules. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of along that same line. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Uh, what is one book that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant owner? Um, well, if you only read one book then you're not going to be good. But uh, the one that I refer back to quite a bit is The Great Sun Leadership by Jocelyn Davis. It's a fantastic book. Um, and then uh, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek would be another one mm. right up there. At that the, one's in my Audible queue. Oh, I Audible. Not, I love Audible. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the biggest lesson you took from Leaders Eat Last? Well, um, it the title is what it is all about, that you... Your servant leader, um, you you should support your team from b- the bottom, not from the top. And um, you know, I know how to wash dishes, and I still do it today because I want to contribute to the team. Now, I don't want to do it every single day in every single store, but where it's needed, I that's what I'm going to do. So I'm no better than anybody else on this team, and I'm going to. Um, kind of walk the talk and that's what simon talks about i dig so, it uh what is one thing you feel restaurateurs don't do well enough or often enough um i don't think they have a purpose other than to make money um there are a few of them out there that are the bane of my existence and um i could share those with you but then i might get some nasty grams from them but <laughs> yeah have a higher purpose have more than just making a profit yeah, I could not agree stop more serving your stuff it. in styrofoam. Please stop serving your fi- your items in styrofoam. Yeah, please. Second of all the things, just stop styrofoam. <laughs> what is one piece of technology you've adopted within your four walls uh, that has had a huge impact on operations, communications, efficiency, profitability, anything along those lines? Um, I, you know, the cell phone, right? I mean, we use it for everything. We use it for our scheduling. We use it for um, you know, we can watch the team, you know, from the cameras that we have above and um, we can see sales. We can see. I mean, it's is there just, one tool that specifically you're using to leverage all these? No, it's just having that computer in your pocket. <laughs> what yeah. about the, the, the uh, we have a rewards program we have, you know, and it's all accessible on. I, I We don't actually have an office because we are able as a support team to see everything that's going on. Give me something specific that people can go to the show notes for and, and check out if they if they want to implement. Like like you have video. Say somebody's you mentioned video. Like what <laughs> what resource? What tool are you using? What what well, reward system are you using? Well, I, I would rather say if you you need a mobile app, and we use Punch okay. for a mobile app, and um, working with Olo to integrate with our uh, POS system. Gotcha. Um, and if you don't have a reward system. It is a standard. I didn't ever like them, honestly, uh, until I realized that it's a baseline to do business so you, these days. So you went with Olo. Why Olo? What was it about Olo that appealed most to you? Uh, professional. They get the work done. We used another company that did not was not professional, did not get the work done. Um, 
were slow. They had errors, and it's um, it was an unbelievably painful process. And so Olo is uh, a seamless integration between our Brink POS Partech um, system and Punch. So it's okay. uh, and uh, Olo is one of those platforms that allows you to. With the the rise of delivery and online ordering, oh, yeah. uh, it's one of those platforms that allows you to retain the customer information and you own it. Whereas if you go through, say, Grubhub, I believe, or DoorDash or any of these other That's delivery, their data. Yeah, that's, that's their. Right. They own it. Mm-hmm. And that is your list. That is your most valuable asset. That is your direct mail marketing channel. You right. have to build that list. So you can be on those other platforms doordash uh and you need to any be. of them because that's that's no your doubt. marketing that's your right. that's your channel of that's how you pull people in but once you get them in onto your platform you have to capture that information so you can get them to order on your app or your website directly yeah i mean it, it, it's just enhancing their experience yeah. so i don't want to you know i don't want to uh, abuse that relationship i just want to help them yep I had Ben Gaddis from T3 on the show recently, and he went in deep on that topic. So if you just search Restaurant Unstoppable, Ben Gaddis, you'll have a whole episode on the importance of that. So this is the last question. Are you ready for it? Yes. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work, your restaurants, and everything that is you was lost with your departure. What would be three things you would leave behind uh, for the good of humanity and for your legacy? Three pieces of wisdom, three things you know to be true. This is knowing that my kids are going to, you know, uh, that they know that they're loved and um, I'll miss them quite dearly. And my wife too, 25 years, by the way. Um, And and family know that they're loved. Yes. One. No, no, no. That's not one. That's assuming that they already know that. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. They better know that today. Okay. But I would, uh, and I tell them, um, number one is we are all one. So we talked about that a little bit earlier. Number two is the biggest revelation is that everything has already been revealed. Hmm. That comes back to that reflection and mindfulness. Number three is we are all perfect in our own perfectedness. Oh man, I have. I can't a, make you any more perfect than what you already are. The only thing that's perfect about you are your imperfections, as they say. Yes, <laughs> I know, but we don't think so. We're right? told differently. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. You got a blemish on your cheek. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. You're whatever. It's 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 you. You're wearing right? your hat crooked. You're you <laughs> Is know. It? Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> You're perfect. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Delander, I've really loved this conversation, yeah. man. And really, I have. Uh, we wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. So, who is one person you admire and believe would make a great guest mentor on the you show? You know, I love his product, Sean Kennedy of Cowboy Chicken. He um, has done a great job with a uh, what I would call a legacy brand. It's been here in Dallas for quite a while. They do roast chicken, and they do it really well. Sean Kennedy, look Sean up. Sean Kennedy. I'm yeah, watch out, buddy. You. I yeah. can't wait to get you on the show. And let the folks at home know, how can we connect with you, follow your work, or maybe join your team if we want to come work with you? What's the best way to connect? Chris at snappysalads.com. Awesome. You can find my email address on our menus, on our cups, and I answer all my emails and uh, love to have that personal connection. So use it. And uh, you can head over to the show notes to find a summary of today's discussion that links to any tools and services recommended, uh, the books recommended, and uh, the ways to connect with Chris. Again, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story, your knowledge, your mentorship. We are all better because of it. And there is no question. We appreciate you and what you do to help us. (laughs) It's my pleasure, man. It's a pleasure to serve. So there is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Cheers. Thanks. 
All right, there we go. Another episode in the archive here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you all found value. Before I let you go, I have to remind you, please sign up for the Restaurant Unstoppable email list. That is where you will never miss an episode and you get the behind the scenes of what's going on here, where I'm at, what's on my mind, and what the future of Restaurant Unstoppable looks like, and you can have an influence on that. Don't forget to connect on social media. That's slash Restaurant Unstoppable on Facebook and at Eric Cacciatore, E-R-I-C-C-A-C-C-I-A-T-O-R-E on Instagram. But the most important thing you can do to support this mission of inspiring, empowering, and transforming our industry is by sharing this sucker with anybody and everybody you know who's aspiring to be great in the industry. All right. Thank you so much for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.